Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our episode 11 Andor review slash breakdown after show. Uh, this episode's called Daughter of Ferrix, and we have our beloved co-host Blake in the Escape Pod uh, to chat with us about this latest installment in the series. We're one episode away from the finale, and uh, that's coming up quick. It's going to be out next Wednesday. And then we'll have a bit of a break, a bit of a hiatus until the next Star Wars thing comes out. So that's uh, that's a little crazy. But uh, we've got a few bits of Star Wars news, podcast news to get into as well. So let's get into it. Before we get started here, just uh, wanted to say thank you for everyone tuning into the podcast on Podbean. It's uh, it's a podcast platform which uh, I you know incidentally we're actually hosted with, and uh, yeah, we've noticed a lot of people tuning in on Podbean. So uh, big thank you. I mean, uh, uh, what do we have now, Blake? Was it 116 followers on there? Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Which is basically. You're telling me it doubled. So yeah, yeah, it's just like welcome well, all newcomers. Yeah, welcome all newcomers. You know, a lot of a lot of new people tuning into the platform. I mean, uh, you know, I can read off some usernames here, which I can pronounce: Andy Fulham, uh, Colton's mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that name. Cause a great username. Great username. Uh, Cosworth, Jody Swain, and uh, Rees Trader, David Edwards, Ju- uh, James Bruce, uh, we see you. Thank you for tuning in the podcast. There's many, many more of you guys. Um, be sure to, uh, you know, send us an email, you know, follow us on Twitter, uh, you know, do what you can to, uh, to support the podcast. You know, big thank you for tuning in on Podbean uh, and, uh, you know, welcome to Star Wars Escape Pod. Uh, if you haven't been tuning into the podcast for uh, for a couple weeks now, uh, you might have, might have missed the news that uh, we're actually going to YouTube, right? Isn't that right? Where's Blake here? Yes, that is yeah. correct. <laughs> yep. We have problems in the escape pod again. <laughs> Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Open the pod bay doors. Oh man. 
incoming asteroid field. That's what it is. <laughs> well, I um, I gotta say, uh, you know, I, we're, we're we're heading to YouTube, and uh, you know, it's been it's been quite the process to to get over there. I mean, every, every single episode takes a close to. Uh, two maybe four four hours per podcast episode to really uh, go through the conversion process. You know what we have to do is uh, re-download the audio file and uh, pipe it through After Effects, where we have an endless video loop that it goes through with a, uh, a tail in and a tail out, and uh, then we have to render it out, which takes a very long time, and then upload the thing. And if it happens to be a super long episode, like a movie commentary or something like that. Uh, it can take quite a while to to go through the upload uh, upload process to YouTube, and uh, you know it's quite the process. But we've wanted to we wanted to hit the YouTube community uh, for quite a long time now. You know that's just been a it's been a circle that uh, we've had our eye on. I know Blake, you've been wanting wanted to do this for quite a while as well. And uh, you know eventually we'll catch up on the week to week releases. So what we've done is we started from the very beginning uh, with the with the intro and gone all the way through and. Uh, I think we're uh, we're approaching the halfway point now. I would say roughly, you know, maybe we're just we're over a quarter for sure, kind of between the quarter and the halfway point, which is nuts. But uh, eventually, we'll catch up with the week to week things, and then we're getting we can, there. And honestly, yeah. you've been hammering through those episodes super fast. I'm pretty impressed with that. Yeah, yeah, it's so. been it's been a bit of a process, but you know, I just always have the computer kind of going at it, and you know, eventually, I'll have like a, a stack of files to upload. I'll, you know, check them off the list, send them to YouTube, and uh, so yeah, everyone listening and everyone tuning in this into the podcast, um, make sure you subscribe to Star Wars Escape Pod on YouTube now, and uh, you know eventually maybe we can have some fun with it once we kind of catch up and get the bulk of the work done. We can we can start maybe putting out kind of more YouTube exclusive content, niche stuff. Well. Yeah, I know we have teased that several times here on the podcast, and. You know, I've got pretty excited about some of those ideas, so it'll be a lot of fun to share with all you guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, really looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, additionally, um, uh, there's a lot of people that haven't joined the Discord. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we're sitting here in the Discord current right now as we record this podcast. I mean, where is everybody? <laughs> ghost town in here i think i just saw a tumbleweed go by yeah no like what's going on here i mean we got we got some forums going on what else we got uh we got we got our our open chats here people can kind of just jump in we got our star wars battlefront stuff going on we see i feel like there's just almost hourly updates of phil mentioning all sorts of stuff here he's yeah. a local a local buddy he goes by the name spicy cheese if you haven't known uh, if you want to jump in there and talk, talk to him about some Dash Rendar, it's uh, that is definitely what he's all about. Yeah, get get in that form. Tell him how much you hate Dash Rendar. <laughs> just just stir the pot a bit. Try to try to get him riled up. Yeah, that's what we need right now. We need some fireworks going on in the Discord. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> <laughs> now we're pretty we're pretty fun around here. You know, we we just we honestly just want to hear some. Uh, some thoughts and opinions. It would be nice to get a bunch of our audience members in the discord. The link is in the description of every single podcast episode, whether you're on YouTube or on a podcast platform of your choice. Uh, you can find us on pretty much any platform across the galaxy. You can hit that link in the description. It'll take you to the YouTube uh, or the discord, sorry. And, uh, and uh, you can sign up for free. And uh, there's a bunch of bunch of fun channels in there. You know, you'll never miss a YouTube video from star Wars, uh, you know, the Star Wars show. Uh, you'll never miss a tweet from the Star Wars accounts. 
video game news, you name it. You know, it's all in there. So definitely jump in the Discord. Um, yeah. I mean, what else we got to cover before we get into Andor? I mean, uh, oh, we got a brief message from Captain Rex who's coming through on the interview. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does Rex have to say? Republic forces have deemed Star Wars escape pod as the recommended source for news and entertainment. Subscribe, leave a voicemail, and share this show with a brother. Share this show with a brother. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that was Rex? That might have been Echo. <laughs> Could have been Echo. I don't know. Maybe it's heavy. Yeah, yeah it might have been heavy too. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, fives. I don't know. Could have been fives. Cody. We have a, There's a different clone every week that's doing doing a little yeah. little, uh, little ad for us. Yeah, exactly. And they all just happen to read <laughs> off the same card. <laughs> they just happen to all sound exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> Man, talk about a good investment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the best money ever spent. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a you know it's not every day that we get new stuff on Disney Plus in regards to Lucasfilm, in regards to Star Wars, but. Uh, there's a, a new short on there uh, from Studio Ghibli, which is about two minutes long. It's called Zen, Grogu, and Dust Bunnies. And uh, it's it's like two minutes. It's just relaxing Mandalorian Grogu theme music. And it's just Grogu kind of walking in front of some parchment paper. He's hand-drawn, I guess, and uh, interacting with some floating dust bunnies. And they give him a flower, and that's it. And uh, I was like, all right, this is just one of those really <laughs> random things Kind of like the vehicle fly through or Star Wars biomes or something like that. Just this random, random thing that just like it's comes honestly, on Disney Plus. You know what I mean? Like it's just like what is yeah, this? Yeah, <laughs> it's. I think it's just some someone who works there just has an idea, and he just he may have just or he or she may be just working on it, you know, in their spare time, and caught the attention of the supervisor. Like, hey, that's cool. Maybe we could talk to Disney, and maybe they'll put it up there. Honestly, I would be surprised if that's all it is. Like just people playing around in their spare time, working on stuff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's 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 a good that's that's a possibility. I mean, uh, you know, it's I, I guess it, it was definitely a fun thing I think for Studio Ghibli to do. But my suspicion is maybe they maybe it came out of the contract agreement with them, or maybe it's just like something that they they wanted to do, you know, just for the heck of it. But I have a feeling that Studio Ghibli is going to be involved with Star Wars Vision season two. Because that'd be cool. They did announce a season two for Star Wars Visions. You know, any fans of the anime uh, Star Wars Visions out there, uh, there will be a season two for that. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Are you looking forward to that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not surprised there's season two. Season one was received extremely well. It had mm -hmm. some really unique and creative stories. And I think it was really a brush of uh, a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Not to say I disliked other Star Wars stuff, but. It, it was something that I felt a lot more unique, I think, than uh, a, a number of, of, of Star Wars material we have been receiving over the last few years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very different, you know, not exactly fitting in the canon or intending to be fitting in the canon. But, uh, you know, I, I appreciated it. It was kind of neat to see like an anime take on the Star Wars universe um, uh, just because, you know, Star Wars has so much uh, of... Japanese cinema influence as well, you know, with, mm -hmm. with George oh, Lucas's yeah. and inspiration. So, yeah, it, it's kind of cool to see it kind of go the other way around and influence, you know, how Star Wars influences uh, um, anime, you know, just how, how what, what an anime company would take that and kind of what would they do with it sort of thing, right? So, yeah, it's really funny to see how it's like art influences life, influences art, influences life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know like I mean? the, the circle of uh, inspiration, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into some Andor episode eleven. All right, so uh, Andor episode eleven. You, hold on, you know what you're missing. What are we missing here? In in between the speeder sound of us riding the speeder. And us getting into the cantina, I feel like there should be a door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can hear. I, I mean, who says we haven't gone through the door yet? I mean, like, I can, I can hear the music through the window. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they got the windows open. It's hot out. Yeah. Okay. Let, let, let's go in here. All right. Okay. Ah, there we go. All right. Now we're inside. Oh, that, oh, we're inside, but that music is crazy. I mean, like, let, let's get a table oh, further over here. This, this is too loud. Let's go back outside. <laughs> There we go. There we go. <laughs> Much better. We'll sit, we'll sit here on the patio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out here on the patio. <laughs> we'll get droids flying by like, okay, okay. Yes. You know, like. Yeah, traffic. Yeah, yeah. The out, the outdoors, you know, that's what we get, right? Like, oh, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, here we are. And uh, Andor episode 11. It came out this past Wednesday. It's called Daughter of Ferrix. And, uh, yeah, let's get into this. So, just initial thoughts. What do, what do you have to think about? Like any kind of just off the top, you know, off, off the top of your head. Off top of my head, I want to say that you said that we're going to go on hiatus after Andor's done, and that's not true. We're sticking around so you guys can keep listening. Hiatus. But the, but yeah, but the Disney, you what I believe what you meant was the Disney, the shows on Disney will be a slight hiatus. Not Star oh Wars yeah, game. yeah, no. Of I want course, make sure not, that yeah. people are aware of that difference. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. If, I if I if I misspoke on that, yeah, no, we're not going anywhere. I mean, uh, yeah, Star Wars itself, though. Yeah, this is this is like this. Andor is coming to a close, and uh, you know, it'll be a little a little like a hot minute, I guess, before we get uh, either Mandalorian season three or Bad Batch season two, whatever. Yeah, because like Bad Batch was supposed to come out in May. This last year, yeah, it just kept getting pushed, I guess, and you know they really just didn't find time to sneak that in there. I was kind of surprised that Tales of the Jedi came out before the Bad Batch. Did. Yeah, that's true, actually, because it was supposed to overlap with Boba Fett, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it was. Well, it feels so long ago now. I feel like it was Andor. I think it, I think it was. Uh, I think it was supposed to overlap with Andor originally, and then and then the whole thing kind of got shoved back a little bit. And so strange. Yeah, so we've got this trailer which came out in uh, earlier this year in the summer from Star Wars Celebration, and um, now the the estimated uh, you know this is what the Discord's useful for in the events. Uh, we got two events scheduled in the Discord. One of them is the premiere for Bad Batch season two, January fourth. I don't know if that's the estimated January. Or, yeah, I think that was the rumored start date. Uh, that I saw kind of floating around online. I don't okay. know if that's actually. So this like isn't a thing. this isn't official. This is an estimate. For now, it is a semi-accurate estimate. I would I would say. And then the Mandalorian, even more so. Uh, it's kind of said that February twenty second is going to be season three's premiere. Uh, but again, I I don't think there's an actual trailer out there that really reveals the proper release date. So they can always shift things, and you know it's never going to be you know, perfect estimate. I've had to adjust mm -hmm. the bad batch one a few times because they had to push it. So yeah. I wonder if there's like going to be a gap. So they're trying to like, they push it to like fill in that blank area. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. 
Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, first impressions on this episode. Do you have any? Uh, I didn't realize we didn't have really any space combat for a long time until I watched this episode. I'm like, oh, we haven't had this in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true, actually. Yeah, I think the last time we saw like a really cool kind of space scene was when he uh, when he escapes they, from. They, yeah, but that was more just like, are they going to make it? Right. Was it really like dog fighting? Right. Right. Yeah. This is really or, kind like, of the first clever dog moves. Fight, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot too. I thought that that whole sequence with Luthen and the ship was was fantastic. Um, we can get into it more, but I liked the Iron Man move. That was pretty sweet. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, Andor and Melshi. Uh, the episode kicks off with with them um, continuing their escape, and it's worth noting. I, I forget if I mentioned this before. It's worth noting that Melshi was in Rogue One. He's he's one of the guys that are um, kind of following Andor into battle for the for the last time on Scarif. So it's kind of cool to see his story kind of, uh, you know, a little little bit more pieces of that puzzle kind of come come together in this show. And um, Marva is also confirmed to be a member of the daughter Daughters of Ferrix, which we have no idea what that is. It's uh, it's just kind of. It's called. Yeah, it, it could be something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be it could be some sort of. Um, I don't know, maybe some sort of like sisterhood on Ferrix that kind of does what they do to rebel against, you know, whatever, whatever powers in play, I guess. Well, <laughs> were they, when they said that, were they referring to Andor's mom? Yeah, it was. She was the daughter of Ferrix? Yeah, she was the daughter of Ferrix. And it was the daughters of Ferrix that were kind of like taking her away and kind of dealing with the body, I guess. Because they also some, I, I believe they said in even like the last episode that she was an ex- politician essentially a ferrix right she was like the mayor or something marva i think yeah, so I, I forget i forget about that um but i know that um i looked her profile up on the star wars databank so if anyone doesn't uh want to use wikipedia for any particular reason um the, the wikipedia is quite quite useful but uh but star wars has their own kind of character profile uh going on in kind of like a mini profile uh sort of format and they usually have like the appearances of where they've shown up and uh, just a little blurb about the character. So I looked her up on StarWars.com in the databank section, and uh, it says that she's beloved by the community, and um, and of course with her body being you know uh, uh, absent of Ricked. life or anything like that. Yeah, th that's what they do to the dead on Ferrix. So I thought that was kind of a weird, interesting fact that we got. That I thought that was cool. I'd go out like that. I'd be turned into a brick. Yeah, yeah, your ashes just kind of like melded into a brick and then you get placed in a wall somewhere. Like it's, it's kind of an interesting way of doing graveyard, cool, I, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's also like think you have like a family home and then like your past, like your family tree basically is like in the walls. Right. Actually, yeah, it sounds kind of sounds like a haunted house. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like it's both kind of like neat and also kind of kind of strange because like. I don't know. I mean, like when I look at a brick wall, I think like I, I don't want to look at it like a <laughs> who's like in a, there. Yeah, like who's in there kind of thing. Like each each brick could be like a past human body kind of thing. That's a little little out what, of my it, territory, but <laughs> maybe they, they etch the bricks so like you know which ones. I don't know, or is it just like totally random? I, I yeah, I have no idea. Honestly, like I, I think it's just kind of like an ashes are mixed into the mix. You know, and then you yeah. get turned into a brick or whatever. But yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> how would you if your family was built into a house how would you feel if the house got old and you had to like demo it oh man i i i, I guess that would be really tough if we had to start knocking down walls <laughs> that's not, yeah yeah it, it it makes construction a lot more complicated <laughs> no kidding yeah um thankfully brick walls tend to last a lot longer than you know what we have here in north america but uh it's uh <laughs> wood construction yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly well i put the ashes in the in the grasslands there and then the cheat the trees grew and i used that lumber oh there you go there you go good old firewood um uh quad jumpers uh those oh my gosh they they they, it shows up i face palm -palm so hard when i saw the ship i'm like of course it is yeah yeah so uh so the quad jumper if anyone it's been a while um was the ship that ray as a young kid sees fly away in the force awakens well, escaping that quad jumper yeah yeah so what what i've learned is if you're ever trying to escape don't go for the quad jumper something's yeah. gonna go wrong <laughs> yeah exactly okay so this quad jumper has shown up a, a number of times now um it's showing up in i don't think it's obviously not the same one but um but yeah it's showing up in force awakens twice like once in Ray's like past when her parents take one off planet once in uh, in the same movie when her and Finn are trying to escape off Jakku uh, I think it, it gets blown up yeah yeah I think we've seen it for sure we've seen it for sure in the rise of Skywalker and that giant jumble of ships uh, what else I think it's in one of the animated shows yeah I think you're right I think we saw it in something recently um and then I also think we saw it earlier in the show in Andor. We saw it in that shipyard. I'm pretty sure in in that uh, Ferrix shipyard where Andor was trying to borrow a ship. Right. Uh, pretty sure there was one parked in there somewhere. And now we see one again. Uh, every time someone goes for the quad jumper, something goes wrong. Something happens. Yep. Don't do it. That's Don't so. Do it. <laughs> yeah. We, we need a we need Star Wars fans. escape pod shirt with a quad jumper. <laughs> Silhouette on it. Don't take the quad jumper. Don't do it. Yeah, it just says don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like the biggest inside joke of of the century. Yeah, would be. Oh man, I don't don't think anyone other than people listening to this podcast would actually know what what it is. But uh, oh, definitely not. But that that, this doesn't make the joke any like any worse. Exactly. Um. Andor and Melshi are caught by some Mar- Narkinian fishermen or something. I don't really know what they were doing there, but they look like fishermen to me. Um, <laughs> Hold on. Before we move on, I also realized that the Lego version has a button that makes it explode. And I think that's worth mentioning. No way. Really? <laughs> yeah, it does. So, man, there's, there's just so many signs that we just should not take the quad jumper. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, anyway. I think Andor and Melshi are uh, you're in a bit of a tight spot. It's like, well, it's either the quad jumper or nothing, right? Um, well, so is Finn and Ray. Look how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, you're better off staying on foot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, they're caught. They're web. They're caught up in some sort of nasty web thing. And um, yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. I was like, I don't know what that is, but it's like a web made out of calamari. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a bit strange. It was, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I was a bit curious as to what the species was of those fishermen people, but 
Um, it just listed them as Narkinian, even though they looked like completely different from one another. I guess they're residents of the planet. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was, it was kind of neat to see, you know, a bit more, more, more Star Wars-y alien designs. I thought that was kind of cool. And yeah, I thought it, it played pretty well where like it seems like they're going to turn them into the Empire for a bounty. Yeah, it seemed like that was how it was going to play out. And then and then I feel like they just kind of like, yeah, we don't have time to do that whole storyline. Let's just kind of like make them friends and <laughs> give them a free ride somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I admit, I don't know if I entirely buy that. It just like seemed really out of nowhere. Just like, oh, like you, oh, it's like a, you're playing a role playing game and like they're going to turn you in and then you just happen to roll a natural 20. And they're like, oh, they're going to save you instead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like also like, you know, you're playing a role playing game. Someone tries to steal your, your, your boat or your horse or whatever. Like, what do you do to them? <laughs> you know, a lot of people oh, would try and kill them or something. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, my buddy's game, he was just talking about this yesterday, actually. He uh, he had a knight chase them down for like like eight sessions. Because <laughs> <laughs> they stole a horse. That's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. The so, debt must be you know. paid. That's right. Um, they request to go to Niamos, which is where Andor has left his stash of credits and his uh, blaster pistols. Uh, what did you think about that? I mean, like, we got to go back to Niamo. Someone's uh, since moved into his house. Um, it was, his, I think it was a hotel room, I think is what it was. Oh, maybe. That would make sense, yeah. Like his, girl, his girl's really, gone. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so funny that there, there's, like, a couple, and they're just sleeping there, and he just, like, wanders into the shower and, like, takes his stuff. Yeah, I thought that was. Yeah, I thought that was very. Uh, you know what? You know what it reminded me of is because like that whole kind of beachy sort of planet thing reminds me very much of like a Hawaii or um, a beachy kind of L.A. sort mm. of scenario where people yeah, leave so, like, their resort. doors open. You know, people leave their sliding doors open or whatever just to kind of get that breeze going on. So, oh, okay, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Like, but I did. I did initially think, how did he break in without them even like hearing? <laughs> Right, but he I still had his key card for the room. Yeah. <laughs> it took, the one thing they didn't take it away. Yeah. yeah, where did he hide it? I don't know. <laughs> he knew. He knew he had to get back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, this is where Melshi and him decide to part ways to avoid detection and warn people about what's going on at the prison. So. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see Melshi again, maybe in season two, but this, I have a feeling it might be the last time we see him. And uh, Clea going over to Coruscant. Clea seems to be a little too involved for her own good as Luthen's assistant. I feel like every time we see her, she's just kind of doing something that I'm like annoyed by. <laughs> I don't know, like whether it's like putting out, uh, putting out hits on Andor's head or, you know, dealing with people part of the rebellion in like kind of a, her own kind of nasty way, I guess. Like, I don't know. She's just kind of like, she's kind of annoying, you know, like, she's not a likable character. No, no. Yeah. She's not a likable character at all. And she's very schemy and seems to be, yeah, it's weird because even now, like, like we can get into it in a bit here. Like the decisions that Luther has to make, we, he basically okayed them going, trying to get, get rid of uh, and or now that he's a loose end, but I still feel like I trust him more. Whereas she's kind of she should be doing his bidding, but I also I don't trust her. I trust mm-hmm. Luthen more. I don't know why. 
No, I, 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 I totally get it. Yeah, because that, that's the feeling that I get too. Like when I watch her on screen compared to Luthen, I'm like, Luthen's got a dark, gritty side to him, but Clea just seems very devious. Yeah, and maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Bix is asked by the ISB if the hologram of uh, the hologram which we look at is Anto Krieger, who is. Um, uh, well, she's asked by the ISB if that's the man that Andor met on Ferrix. They're barking up the wrong tree because uh, because Luthen is actually, of course, the guy who met Andor, and he's safely anonymous still. Um, Anto is also the one in the rebellion that's been burned, and he's the one that Saw and Luthen are kind of conspiracizing against to really just kind of cut the dead weight and... Have we met that character before? No, no, and that's and that's the thing, and that like I kind of want to, uh, you know, spend a minute just to kind of mention that because we've never met this character. We've just seen what he looks like. We know that he's got like thirty men under his command, and he works for the rebellion. That's pretty much all we know, and we also know the the imperial side. You know, they've found out some shenanigans with Anto as well. You know, they're trying to connect the dots. They're thinking, well, maybe he's the guy that met Andor because he's kind of a guy in charge. Naturally, they would probably make a conclusion like that because they know nothing about the rebellion. But um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Luthen, who's kind of the real guy in charge, is like, you know, if we pull him out, you know, he like when he goes to meet Saw again, um, you know, he says to him, like, if we pull him out, we risk. Uh, he basically kind of in his own way says like, we're going to risk our inside man at the ISB who happens to be Lonnie who wanted out, you know, in the last episode, we watched that amazing dialogue or the monologue with uh, Luthen and Lonnie. Right. So, you know, do we sacrifice Lonnie and the ISB give them the heads up that, uh, or the hint that, that we could have an inside man or do we just let this play out? And uh, it's more complicated than that, though, because Lonnie wants to get out. He doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. So even if they make the decision to go with him, he might still turn on them. Right. Right. Yeah. If he really wants out, maybe he'll maybe he'll turn on them or something like that. Maybe that. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. So so much uh, of this espionage stuff. It's uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a real war. Yeah. Like, this yeah. Is World War Two stuff. It's, it's so deep. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's neat, though. It I, I really liked um, Saw Gerrera in this whole whole interaction between the two. Oh, it was super cool. I really liked how uh, he just like kind of went nuts thinking that there's spies all around him, like the middle of the conversation. Spies! Deceit! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who is it? Who is it? Oh, He's just like throws some <laughs> random guy under the bus. Oh, it's that guy over there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny too. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he was making a point, right? Where he was saying, like, you know, it really doesn't matter. Uh, but at the same time, like saying that's exactly what would happen if they gave up the other person. And then, because right. like, oh, on one hand, that might benefit them for a short period of time because then everyone in the ISB won't trust anyone else, right? And they'll all be, like, trying to root out everything. Like, and that, that could benefit them, just the internal chaos. But yeah. is that worth the sacrifice of the loss of information, right? Exactly, yeah. Because, I mean, having someone inside the ISP is, like, you know, it's in, it's beyond uh, invaluable. Like, it's it's just, um, you know, it's like, it's it, it, it's everything that they need, Right. 
Yeah, it gives them a heads up on everything. Yeah, yeah, it keeps the rebellion one step ahead, knowing that the very department within the empire that's that will or could catch up to them. You know, they got someone letting them know, like, "Hey, this is what's going on," kind of thing, right? So, I think, you think that it's likely that at some point that guy's going to get found out. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see a very tragic end to Lonnie and um, knowing that he's got a family and kids and stuff like that's going to make it all the worse, right? Uh, but, you know, such is war, right? And this is exactly yeah. what Luthen and Saw are kind of say. Because, uh, like, for the greater good, do we keep our man in the ISB in favor of letting Anton kind of, like, you know, well, let the Empire kind of catch him, right? Uh, and... Yeah, they uh, saw the, says, the thing is, uh, let's call it war. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, it's true. It's, I think that makes it like more difficult, though. Because you think, you know, there's uh, it's war, like you have to make decisions. Like, and, and I feel like generally when decisions are made like this, you're, the person in charge is making the decision on people that are more or less numbers on a sheet. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. at this point, the rebellion is so small, and Luther is also so close. So he knows all these people personally. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. that makes it way harder. Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, this is another thing that Luther said to Saw is, is you know, because he doesn't know Anto personally in terms of like phys- physical, like we've been in the same room together, uh, in the same way that Saw knows Luther, because because basically Saw kind of says to to Luther is like. Yeah, like, uh, I know you, I could screw you over more than Anto could, right? And Luther knows that as well. He's like, yeah, you know what? Like, it's a huge calculation to make, right? It's like, this is for the greater good. We got to keep our guy in the ISB. Plus, even if Anto gets caught, not killed, what could he say to damage us? And it's really, and it's really not that much. And, and, you know, it kind of goes back to those first couple episodes where we were talking about, that information hierarchy within the rebellion and you know really just kind of who knows what is crucial to the structure because at this point in time the rebellion is so fragile that one person you know knowing everything the wrong person knowing everything and flipping their back on on the rebellion to report them or whatever is is going to destroy the whole thing right so Anto, I guess, is in the position of which he doesn't know enough to be that valuable. And they kind of just yeah. say, hey, he's only got 30 men. Hey, he doesn't know enough to really screw us over. And we got a guy in the ISB that could be heavily affected if we try and do something about <laughs> his capture. So, you know. Sorry, it just, it just dawned on me, what like, comparing that to, like, Rebels, like, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Because... Like thirty men. It's like I was thinking, like that's actually quite a bit. And then I was remembering Star Wars Rebels. You'd see like random Rebel soldiers, and like eight would die every episode. It's like <laughs> these people are quite expendable. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, we're we're, we're definitely talking about uh, you know the your average kind of just troop, I guess, right? But uh, but then again, I mean, this is the kind of show that is kind of showing us like, hey, 30 men, like each of those has their own story. Each of those has their own reason for being in the rebellion, like, uh, you know, really makes us think differently about each individual person that that's part of this cause. But 
but it is kind of true. And in, in, in the kind of the greater scheme of things, like we see troops die all the time, right? Hoth, Tantive Four, mm-hmm. you know, like just all those, oh, yeah. all Any, those settings. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you, if you just think about any of the larger ships where you see like a, a cruiser get blown up, it's probably like a hundred thousand people on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, a quick mention about Luthen, by the way, because there, I saw some stuff floating around online, you know, when we got a close up of his thing that that um, the partisans kind of took off his belt, which looks like a lightsaber hilt. Um, it's it's not a lightsaber. It, it's uh, the, oh, it, right. Yeah. I don't know the speculation you mentioned in the Discord. Yeah. Jo- it, join it, the Discord. <laughs> a great. Yes. Yes. Join the Discord. Get in on this conversation. Um, it is his compact staff. It's the staff that he had in the first two episodes when he gets to Ferrex. He's got that wicked kind of bar thing that whips out of the, the, the hilt. It's like the, you know, it's, it's a walking stick. And in the action figure form for Luthen, he also is able to unscrew the handle and it pulls out a knife. So it's a, a knife slash walking stick um, thing. So I highly doubt that it's also a lightsaber. I know that you... We should ex- explain what we're saying on the Discord people actually know what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah. You want to you wanna mention that? Yeah. Sure. So we so I guess there's a, a theory going around online that... Uh, Josh came across here and he was sharing it with us on the Discord. And it's that Luthen is actually an ex-Jedi. Uh, and he's in hiding and that's like on Coruscant. And his, his lightsaber is hidden in the staff, uh, similar to um, what's-his-face's wand from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Mr. Malfoy, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Who's, isn't his name like also like Luthen or something? Yeah, something Lucius. Like yeah, yeah. Lucius, they're so close. Yeah, Look Lucius, Luthen. Yeah. yeah, they both got wicked, wicked staffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it's kind of like bringing back the old theory that a, a Jedi started the rebellion in the first place. I think was the, probably like the main idea of this this theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't think that is the case. I think it's a bit of a stretch, and I prefer if it's not the case because I'm a little tired of Jedi being at the the core of everything all the time. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think uh, Thunder Mac nineteen there also shares your shares your uh, your thoughts, uh, which also happens to be AJ, who's who's a friend of ours. He's been on the podcast as well uh, about two times in the past or so. Um, so yeah, he you know I think there's just just this general consensus that we don't want the Jedi in this show, right? Yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's one of the things I really like about this show. Is it 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 doesn't have too much of a Jedi influence or any of a Jedi influence? And because my thoughts are, this galaxy is so massive, and there's so many different people and you know aliens, and there's all this under underworld stuff and all these different things going on, and yet we always just follow this these handful of Jedi everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it, like, and I and I love the Jedi story. Like, it just the stories that we get out of the Jedi, it can be exciting in the right in the right context. But I, I feel like this show has kind of just moved into this territory in which we just don't need to expect anything like that, right? And I'm okay with that, right? So um, I think when there was a lot of speculation, like, is that a lightsaber hilt? It's like, uh, 
probably not. Um, it is a staff. It's also a knife. I highly doubt it happens to also be a lightsaber, as well as the fact that this character is a Jedi. Like, not sure about it. <laughs> so yeah, one hundred percent. I totally agree. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Cyril has a storyline in this episode as well, which um. He steals some credits from his mother's safe uh, after speaking to. Was it his mom's? Yeah, it, 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 it must have been because he waited for his mom to leave the house, and then he kind of because he goes out and then he kind of watches her leave and then he goes back in, uh, opens the safe, steals some credits. It looked like it was a jewelry safe because there was some jewelry on top as well. It looked like a kind of like a bedside table safe or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. I thought it was, I thought it was his night table. To be yeah. honest, but I guess his, if it was his mom's. I, and, I, and I to me it looked like there was like an iPod that was like secretly high <laughs> credits in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I it's funny because like I have I have a, a feeling that um, that he's on his way to Ferrix, of course, after getting information about Marva's death from his uh, his old buddy. You know, I feel like he's kind of going to be on his way to personally um, try and infiltrate that funeral and, and catch up with Andor finally kind of thing. Right. Can't can't put it behind him. He's just he's just constantly like. I gotta he's get him. He's obsessed. Yeah, yeah, he's obsessed. For I sure. gotta get him. I gotta get him. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't do anything else. He's just absolutely obsessed about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, another thing, Mon Mothma. She has a little appearance in this episode as well. Her daughter Lita is. Um, I forget if it's yeah, Lita. Um, She's she's a, she prefers the simplicity of Trangillan customs. That's what it said on the StarWars.com bio for her, and uh, which is a surprise to her mother, who regards many of the traditions as outdated and you know in 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 the modern times. But uh, and her daughter probably grew up mostly on Coruscant. She's not that old. Yeah, exactly. Which is a bit curious, I guess. But uh, maybe she takes more after her dad than she, uh, because uh, you know it is it is they have made it clear. <laughs> That her and her husband kind of don't really get along the best, you know. They're not, no, they're not who knows? Arranged marriage, so it's like a purely duty based thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so her daughter has kind of taken up a role within this, um, this thing. They didn't really mention it by name, I don't think, but the, her and a bunch of girls were kind of around a table, like a, like some Girl Scouts or something. You know, they were all wearing right. some robes and 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 do, saying this little poem. Uh, yeah, I I, it, no idea what it is. Yeah, it goes, yeah, it was really strange. And then, yeah, maybe like I think that's a good way to look at it. It's like a Girl Scouts group. Yeah, um, but they were yeah they were doing like some chant. Yeah, and the the way that Mon kind of looked over at it almost gave me the feeling like it was some sort of religion or some sort of uh, like cult or something like that. Maybe some maybe some group that uh, that's very. Um, maybe uh steeped in Trangillan tradition or something like i like I, we don't really know a whole lot about tran tran um uh, chandrilla uh, tran yeah trangilla uh, yeah <laughs> i'm like, <laughs> You'll get there. i'm fumbling over my words today um yeah tran uh, trangilla yeah. um yeah we chandrilla. don't know yeah we don't we don't know a whole lot about like you know their their culture we don't know a whole lot about uh like it was only this show that introduced us to the idea that mon had um a, a husband and a prearranged marriage and that was just kind of like their thing so yeah there very well could be kind of like a religion for that culture that we don't know about and maybe it's not really mon's deal and you know maybe she kind of like has her concerns uh, as to 
her daughter's involvement with it for for whatever reason she's got. So, um, you know, it's just it's one thing after the next, one thing after the next with her concerns, right? Right. Yeah, it's funny how a lot of it kind of does have a lot to do with, like, I guess, uh, let's say limiting people's like personal freedoms. You know what I mean? Like you're so suppo- you have to do these things. You're supposed to do these. Things. You're obligated to do these things. Same mm-hmm. with both from her own cultural uh, history as well as what the empire is trying to force them to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I did find it interesting that her her cousin came in and was like, "Why, why are you still doing this?" Right? And she's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. it wasn't me." So. It's, yeah I, yeah, I did just find it. I, I feel like they must be somewhat of outcasts of their own people almost. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're they, ironically, at least with Mon Mothma, who's like representing these people. Right. She really doesn't want anything to do with their own culture. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of curious, isn't it? Um, I wonder if they'll get more into that. Uh, because the way that they paint her character out, it is, it is interesting that they kind of make a statement of, of, trying to say that Mon Mothma doesn't quite agree with the traditions of her people um, in, in the modern yeah. times, right? Outdated traditions. We haven't really gotten into that, but it seems like that's becoming more and more of a thing, like, of her character. So I'm that's making me curious if she's more or less always felt that way, but she just puts on this fake mask, or if over time she's come to see it as outdated and uh, dogmatic almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it, 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 I guess it comes with the mask of, of doing her job as a Senator, you know, like she mentioned it to her friend, Tay Colma earlier in the show uh, that, you know, whatever people see is not what they, not what it appears to be. It's not what it seems. Mm-hmm. Right. So but, uh, well, the thing is, Maybe people don't agree with me with this, but I would think that if you don't like if you're from somewhere and you don't represent those people, then why are you there? Right. Like, I, yeah, I like guess it, it, it seems selfish to me. Like if she doesn't represent the people she's there for, then she should step down. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's um, it is. It is curious. For sure. I, I, you know, I, I am keen to kind of see, um, I'd be, I'd be keen for a Star Wars book that just kind of really just dives into Mon Mothma's character, right? Like this show has made her so much more interesting than- A lot more depth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think those kind of things, like they could kind of touch up on things like that in a, in a novel where they can really get inside her head and give us the fleshed out kind of, this is Mon Mothma sort of thing, right? Um, maybe even, maybe even have it take place right after episode three, when she kind of starts getting the rebellion going with Bale, you know, that first interaction with Luthen, whatever that looked like, um, lots of stuff, right? I think that would be a really interesting story. It's, it's one that we still don't have. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, before this show, Mon Mon Mothma was basically had what one line yeah, (laughs) and, and a bunch of deleted scenes. So, (laughs) right. Um, Luthen, he is stopped by an Imperial Arrestor Cruiser Cantwell class Star Destroyer 
and uh that was cool because we we talked about oh it's in the trailer it was when we we're doing the trailer breakdown we were, we were talking about bryce and he we were talking about how this was like an old eu ship that they just brought back yeah so the design is done by um by a concept artist called colin cantwell and uh, this was uh, i guess for the original films and it's a design that's kind of stuck around in star wars for a while um it's been turned into one of those miniaturized Hot Wheels ships uh, for the Star Wars, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's been in a hologram and Solo. Um, we've had it show up, I think, in maybe the odd video game here and there. And it's been mentioned by name, maybe in a book or so, but it's never really showed up on, like, live action. And it, it's, very, it's very interesting that that is the case because the Imperial Arrestor cruiser seems to me that those, those big satellite dishes have some function with some insane tractor beam. Right. And yeah, that's all I was wondering. Cause like if it's, if the scale is drastically different, do the full size star destroyers, do they have the same tractor beam? It's just the ship is so much bigger or is the tractor beam, I guess, stronger on these other ships. I, that's the thing is like I, I actually have no idea like I, I would imagine that maybe this is just like a more powerful uh, version of you know a ship that that perhaps is is kind of dedicated to a re- I mean it's in the name like a rester cruiser like it's kind of like yeah this, no, this is the star about that. <laughs> yeah like it's almost like <laughs> this this particular model of star store was not exactly ma- manufactured for war or for uh I guess the typical destroyer, you know, having tons of guns and everything on it. Like it it looks as if this is just kind of like a massive patrol car, you know, like a, a massive policing vehicle that, that they kind of fly around in, you know, do security checks and uh, you know, they just kind of keep people on their toes, I guess, or, or maybe they, you know, I, I guess it has its uses. Right. But what it reminded me of was that gravity well projector that's attached mm-hmm. to the interdictor vessels in Star Wars Rebels when they're able to pull ships out of hyperspace. Uh, that was. Yeah. Do you remember that? That was in the Thrawn. I do. Yep. Um, Which was also an EU ship they brought back. Yeah, yeah. So it reminded me a lot of that, and I was thinking to myself, I guess this is a ship in which it's kind of geared for tractor beam specialties. But the the I know the the other one that I just mentioned is is also you know, it has its own tractor beams as well but but the fact that it can pull a ship out of hyperspace is really kind of just tribute to how powerful those tractor beams really are right like it's i don't maybe it's a different type of technology but it was kind of interesting that they have two different ships that kind of have the same function um this one being a lot more of like the more crappy version because obviously like the the one from rebels is much later the gravity well ship was it I don't think it used tractor beam technology to do that. I think it was, well, gravity. Well, <laughs> so yeah. it's like a ship passes through it, and then the emergency shutoff kicks in, basically. Yeah, so I, I think it makes like a fake gravity well, like you would see around planets and stuff. Right. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess maybe the radius is a bit larger on the on the on the interdictor classes. Um, it's also supposed to be a very rare ship like it's not like they have a whole lot of those maybe these are just kind yeah. of like that more uh that more kind of standard issue we've got a lot of these they can pull people over and you know stop the yeah. ship from and moving 
he's specifically the captain of the ship, this uh, this Star Destroyer. He specifically stated that they were like lots of pirates in the area, so maybe they only send them out to the more dangerous areas where they know they're going to have to pull over um, more um, criminals and stuff that are more likely to go like try try to outrun them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, it's cool. It's a cool ship. I, you know, I look forward to seeing more of it. That whole getaway sequence was fantastic. That was so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned earlier the the Iron Man maneuver with the lasers. You know, you want to mention, you want to talk about that for a moment? Yeah, that was cool. So that was straight out of uh, Iron Man 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really so was. The lasers even looked the same. Yeah, exactly. So if anyone remembers Iron Man 2, they have all the... It's a war machine, Iron Man, and there it's in the final fight, and there's all those drones, and Iron Man does this thing where he kind of like spins in a circle, it's like a, a pirouette, and shoots just like a laser, like a solid laser beam up about both wrists, and just just kills everybody, and that's basically exactly what Luthen did here with the ship, which was pretty cool. But the thing with like lasers in space, it's like how far how far do they go? Right. So. Did he just like cut some planet like <laughs> a million kilometers away? I feel like this would make a really good robot chicken Star Wars episode. You know, just like <laughs> one of those 20 second shorts that they do that just, you know, makes yeah. a joke about something. Yeah. That, that's my question too. It's like, how far do those lasers go? It's got yeah, to, maybe it's, it's just a, a giant, space. like a giant Kylo Ren size, like lightsaber line that just eventually kind of flares off at the end and, and ends, yeah, so. I mean, it's probably not like a lightsaber, as in like it'll cut through anything. It probably can only go so deep before it runs out of power. But right. there's still unlimited range, I would think. Yeah, and I'd be very curious to know what that part on the ship is, and, and whether or not it's you know shown up before and other things. I actually have no idea. It's for me, it's a first. But um, yeah, it was it was wicked. I could see I that. I could see that being something that they pulled off an old role-playing game for, like, ship modifications or something. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. I can totally see it being pulled from, like, the, uh, uh, what am I thinking of that? Yeah, the one that Pablo plays all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah, the 90s is that, uh, is that, is Star that Wars Star RPG. Wars, is that the so- Sega edition or whatever it is? S-W-S-E? Uh, the, what, right? the, it starts with a W. Uh, was it the Coast? No, no, oh. it's the one before that. Um uh, what am I thinking of? West End. It's West End Games. Yeah, it's West End. Okay. Man, yeah. Where's Bryce when you need him? He does all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, West End Games. The one that was between 1987 and 1999. That was that was the first first Star Wars RPG uh, before the Wizards of the Coast. That wasn't. That was that the D6 version. Uh, did, yeah, it, maybe or if it used the if first it, gen D20. Um, if it used a D6 system, I I'm I'm not entirely sure. Okay, the very first one was D6, and then. There's two D20 versions, and then we finally got the uh, FFG. It says, which is the newest one. I'm just looking at the page right now. There was there was a first edition in 87, a second one in 92, and a second edition with revised and expanded stuff in 96. And in 20, 2018, they did a 30th anniversary um, reprint. Um, yeah, FF, I think that's FFG D6, did. Though. Yeah, FFG did the reprint for that. So yeah, um, I think that's the, I think that's D six. Remember they did a reprint of that. Yeah, I've, I've actually never. Oh yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it uses the D six system. Yeah, 
I heard it was very overly complicated because you're using D6 dice. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that would be <laughs> a lot of lots of counting in the head. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, anyway. it, it did it did look like it was you know something out of a you know story in a book or in a game or whatever, right? But I didn't recognize it. So yeah, um, it was super cool. I I really liked the. Uh, he had almost like like a flare system shoot out the back and just completely destroyed the the tractor beam. Oh, that was really cool. I didn't know. I didn't know it'd be that easy to break. Why would everyone just have like a a junk trunk that they just open? <laughs> I mean, it works for Obi Wan. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Release the spare parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, you sound like the like the beave, yeah. the, uh, the film B version of Obi Wan, yeah. <laughs> the B movie Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, like uh, like the one like the Obi Wan. Release this bad boss. <laughs> like, like the one from uh, what's that game? Was the game that we were playing? Oh yeah, it's Galactic Battlegrounds. <laughs> There's always a bigger fish. Yeah. It just sounds like this, like old, like drunk PI. Like, oh yeah, my yeah. gosh, C class, C class voice voice actors <laughs> like do, doing the roles. Yeah, we got to get that guy to do an ad for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll play a game out of it. Which yeah. character is he supposed to be? <laughs> honestly that would be a pretty difficult game yeah yeah it would be. <laughs> oh man um uh, so the last thing in this episode is andor finally learns uh of his he makes contact back home and his buddy at the traffic control center whatever informs him of his mother's death and this hits him pretty hard and there's a bit of a parallel looking uh scene of him kind of standing on the edge of the water very similar to the scene in which he dies in Rogue One. You know, I thought it was like kind of the same environment, very beachy, endless kind of like sea line, you know, behind him. Uh, really just kind of like a tragic moment for for this character. Uh, not so much of an in-peace character, but uh, in in-peace moment, right? Whereas in the Rogue One, when he kind of di- <laughs> dies with Jin, I, th- I feel like it's kind of like he's kind of at peace with it, right? Like this is kind of a moment of turmoil for him. It's like, oh, he's just finding out his mother's yeah. dead, right? And it's just well, he like, was really shaken up. Yeah. Really shaken up. Like yeah. the guy was like asking questions, he like he couldn't even answer them. Right. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was a uh, very, very almost in a way that's uh, I don't know. I just this episode kind of ended off in a way that I thought for sure it would go for another ten minutes. And then it just kind of cuts to black and I was like, oh, like saving it for the next episode. Yeah, which I I don't know how long the next one's going to be. I assume it's going to be some supersized finale, hopefully. Um, which hopefully doesn't leave us super, you know, cliffhanger, you know, moment well, for season two because it'll be a while before we get that. Here's the thing, though. Like with his mom dead and him upset and everything, I still don't see any reason for him to join the re- the rebellion. <laughs> like, yeah. And that feels like a lot to cram into one episode. Maybe that's why we're getting season two. Um, yeah, I would imagine. But so. I, I, I don't know what they're gonna do for that because I know we, we and Kirk had pitched some ideas here last week, and I was thinking they were gonna use his mom as um, she would have some interaction with him that would make him have to would be encouraged to join the rebellion. Mm-hmm. But at this point, he might even 
it's possible. Uh, we there's no specific reason to think this is the case right now that I can think of, but maybe they're going to reveal something like she was doing rebel stuff and that caused her to die, uh, which right. would then make him not like hate the rebellion. You know what I mean? So because we know that she she is a rebel, she has mentioned that, but we don't. She wasn't really doing anything except for resisting the empire by staying there. So right. Right, which doesn't seem very rebel to me, especially considering her character was a very, she, she, she like, she and her husband were like robbing imperial stuff. Pretty like that was like their job. Mm-hmm. And they're very anti. She was very anti empire. Uh, like her whole her whole storyline, she just kept bringing that up over and over again. But she didn't really do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, that's a missing link. There, there, there is some story that we're not being told just yet, and and yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Maybe season two will have its flashbacks as well. I don't, I don't. Maybe we haven't parted ways completely with the flashbacks because I know you know the show did start off that way, but then they kind of stopped doing that. So maybe they'll start off season two with the same kind of thing. Maybe we're gonna go back and rediscover something that we didn't know before, uh, which might fill in some of the gaps. Be flashback, and she'll be training with the Tuscan Raiders who saved her. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh wait, wrong, wrong show. Wrong show. <laughs> right. oh. Yeah, there's got. There's, you're right. I think there is a missing link because there, her character to what she was doing did make sense, and there's a huge gap still of of Andor joining the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, um, I would imagine there's some very crucial thing that happens that finally kind of tips him over the edge. I feel like it was supposed to be this prison scene, but I guess, I guess we'll have to kind of get confirmation of that with, with uh, later on when he maybe, maybe runs into Luthen again. Like maybe he's yeah, changed his like, mind, right? Well, he already disliked the Empire, and he has reason to hate the Empire. But to me, it didn't seem enough like to go to war against them mm-hmm. it was more to continue doing criminal activity and it, like personal sabotage in any way you can but not like a, a war scale level you know what i mean right yeah it, which it, it begs the question for sure like you know what where's that link right and and that, that's what i'm so like loving this show for is is you know now now it's it, it, i mean it's it's always had my interest it's always had my my attention but now i'm really like keen to understand what is the final straw that kind of allows andor to change his mind about running away and you know from the empire and trying to screw it over when he can but really just kind of running away and living in peace um and, and i just thought it'd be so funny obviously this isn't gonna happen because we know that he joins the empire because of rogue one it's not the empire it joins rebels because of rogue one how funny would it be if he like changes his mind he's like and he like meets up with with like luthan and uh his the woman that works with him he's like all right, I'm here. I'm going to join the rebellion. And she just shoots him because that was like what she was trying to do the whole time. Yeah, like the hit, the hit that somebody that Clea put on his head, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just immediately killed. Uh, but no, I was here to join. They'll, they'll pull a they'll pull they'll pull a Grand Inquisitor on us and be like, "This was the plan all along." Yeah. <laughs> right. What a twist! <laughs> what a surprise! 
Oh, we're getting ah, a... you're falling into my trap. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh we're getting a we're getting a call coming in. You hear that? That's the com link. Uh, let's, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's take a listen. Podcast. You seek good podcast. Star Wars Escape Pod is the pod for you. Mm. Leave a review and may the force be with you. Oh man, Master Yoda calling in. Help us! Yoda, help us! We've been trapped in this 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 escape pod just floating through space for two years. We're running out of rations. Yoda! Come back! Master Yoda! He's gone. He's gone. Oh, one day. We'll be saved. Nah, it's alright. That's alright. We're enjoying our time outside the cantina. <laughs> oh wait. We're just in artificial oh, oh, yeah. reality oh, yeah. in this, in this yeah. escape pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just Star Wars VR. That's it. That's all. That's all it is. Star Wars meta. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. Any any last minute things you want to bring up before we wrap it up here? Yeah, I'm really curious what they're gonna do for this finale. So, like, obviously he's got to go home to his funeral. He's gonna see his mom get bricked. That's how I'm gonna term it. Calling and call it getting bricked. <laughs> yeah. Just another brick in the wall. <laughs> Too soon. Oh, we got to play that song next episode. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, I'm really curious, like, what they're going to do about that. Because obviously there's got to be some sort of big clash or whatever. So uh, we're going to see Cyril there and... I bet just gonna be between them. I bet just gonna be between Cyril and Andor, and Andor's gonna like. Everything really funny. Andor just didn't remember who he was, yeah. and Cyril's just been so obsessed with him for like last six months or whatever it's been. <laughs> Sorry, who were you? <laughs> I, uh, I, I. It is interesting to me that the showrunner Tony Gilroy is supposed to be the director of this final episode. Uh, just as a heads up, so I mean, you know, we're gonna get some some conclusion, I guess. You know, being the showrunner, hopefully. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see then directorially how it'll be different because uh, <laughs> uh, he is known for being very uh, handheld camera. So uh, I wonder if we're gonna see a lot more uh, like shaky cam. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, that'd be like more kind of Jason Bourne stuff. Exactly, exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, they they kind of went that route a little bit when when we had more of the action sequences, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, it, it would be interesting if they kind of just went to that level in in one of the episodes. I mean, um, being a show like this, when every episode kind of has its has its own director, it is kind of stylized slightly in their in their own. <laughs> way of doing things so yeah i mean i i would definitely be do you like that style do you like the style of, of, of filming i do but i do question how out of place it would feel now after if you watch this whole season <laughs> yeah i'd be i'd be curious to know how many people out there would would like or just kind of go like ah oh, that's you know that's too jason Bourne, like not not for star wars <laughs> kind of thing right um but i don't know i don't know i guess I don't. I don't want to make any any judgments until I see it because um, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be good. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I'm curious too. Uh, I'll I'll save my opinion till afterwards. Yeah. But, like I'm a, I'm a little skeptical because it might make this episode feel disjointed. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. 
Um, podcast social handles. You know, follow the. <laughs> I was gonna say follow the Twitter, but I mean, there's a mass exodus happening from Twitter right now. So, um, follow the Twitter <laughs> <laughs> at SWSK <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, if it's still there. Uh, or, 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not are ditching you, Twitter are you just following yet. Following the wave. I'm very amused. He, Mr. Musk uh, amuses me a lot. He was, uh, it, it's kind of funny. He, uh, getting in on the joke of the fact that Twitter is kind of meeting its fateful end uh, was a plethora of tweets and, and uh, you know, people on, on the Star Wars Instagram circles that are kind of saying like, okay, yeah, just in case, even Matt Martin from the Lucasfilm Story Group as well, him as well, I think also did this, you know, posted a Instagram QR code saying, hey, just in case Twitter implodes and kind of goes away, feel free to follow <laughs> me on Instagram. Instagram? Uh, we do. Our okay. Instagram is at SWScape Podcast. I can guarantee you nothing more than um, episode summaries and <laughs> just little things in the in the Instagram stories. Like, I don't really spend a whole lot of time on that. I literally just kind of use it to promote the podcast and post some uh, snipped highlights every now and again. But people are welcome to, you know, follow that. Uh, very and small. If you following. message message the Instagram, we will be sure to reply. Yeah, yeah. Message the Instagram. Yeah, shoot us a message. Um, yeah, social handles at SW Escape Podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and uh, yeah, big thank you to uh, to everyone tuning into the podcast and uh, to you as well, Blake. We will catch you in the next episode. All at all, you're just a, another brick in the wall. Whoa. <laughs> Let's get into the escape pod and, and fly away, shall we? <laughs> we'll see you out there. Keep <laughs> flying. All right. So uh, tune in next week for the finale for Star Wars Andor. Final review for that show. We're not going anywhere. Stick around on Star Wars Escape Pod. Lots of content coming your way. And uh, we will be here again for The Bad Batch, Mandalorian Season 3, you name it. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Hit the links down below. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Shoot us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Join the Discord and feel free to send us a voicemail. May the Force be with you.